Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Not a cage match without the christening of a fucking Sparkle Buddy going off. Also, speaking of Sparkle Buddies, thanks for being patrons and hooray for our new top level tier patron. <laughs> Not Ira. sure what that is. Yeah, Ira. Yeah. Stepped on your name. We're uh, really appreciative of that. We don't know what we're giving you for being in that tier. Thank you, Ira. Also, get fucked, Rico. Now someone pays us more than you. Yeah. I don't want to hear shit anymore. I'm going to cut that. Suck <laughs> <laughs> it. It's like I, it, Sean. No, I promised I promised uh, Rico a shout-out where I was going to talk mad shit about him today. Oh, did you really? Yes. Oh, then definitely we're keeping that in. How many uh, How many patrons are you guys up to now? We've got uh, five patrons. Oh, lovely. So is they it, covered the Sparkle five? Buddies. I think we've got more than that. We got... No, six. We've got six. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's that Matt guy. Yeah, Matt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just talk say, dismissively yeah, no, about our patrons <laughs> I don't now know, we I, got a, I don't who know, fucking cares the people we like and then there's that matt guy yeah. and oh, now yeah. we got ira thanks matt yeah well, fuck you jeremy i don't think jeremy <laughs> listens i sort of feel like <laughs> wait my friend jeremy <laughs> he does not yeah see <laughs> neither does andy i'm sad about that one he'll catch up one day on a road trip yeah i don't know andy listens to us talk all the time that's yeah. true he's he's done his time um, yeah. We don't give our best content no, that's on right. the podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, I wish I could just be talking about eating ass for everybody here, but listen, man, you can talk about eating ass. <laughs> just gonna get cut. Didn't we talk about it last episode? No, we problem. did. When yeah. it was just you and me, we did talk about eating ass and drinking piss. Oh yeah, <laughs> what <laughs> fucking millennials? <laughs> wow. So okay, for everyone who's listening to this, uh, I had COVID for the last episode. So they did a special episode without me, and I'm just hearing all of this now. Okay, this has to do with the previous movie. What what was that one called? Uh, the Humanity Bureau. Okay. Yeah. You know, I was really worried that, you know, I wasn't, I was going to listen to that. I'm like, man, do I not provide anything on this podcast? And apparently I do, which is to not talk about drinking piss and eating ass. Listen, man, you would have been right there drinking piss with us. I yeah. mean, I'm constantly down to talk about eating ass and drinking piss. Just usually I'm not mic'd for it. <laughs> I think this might be our strongest episode yet. Yeah, we're already pretty good. Let's wrap it up. Uh, yeah. I'd like to thank our guest, Eric. He was, he was fantastic job, today. Hey, hey, wait, we're not there yet. We're not. <laughs> Fuck you, Eric. Ass. Shut up. Uh. Shut up. All right. Hello. Welcome back to Cage Match, colon, a roundabout way of meeting Nicolas Cage. I am Sean here with... Nick. I'm Nick. And... Hi, I'm producer Peter. And we have a special guest today, our buddy... My name is Eric. I did COVID too. Yeah, Eric and I were COVID buddies. Yeah, how was how was COVID for you guys? Uh, great. <laughs> ten out of ten. Good COVID. <laughs> it was my first COVID. Same. Um, well, a uh, great job uh, holding out this far, but uh, I yeah, had a hell of a run. It was uh, it was fun. I wished my family away, and uh, they stayed gone. Yeah, you had a reverse family, man. I did. It was great. I started with the family, and I ended up in my apartment in the city. <laughs> I don't know what to make of all this. I thought we gave up talking about conspiracy theories with the 9-11 episode. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing all your COVID crap in here. <laughs> so um, today's uh, today we have Eric on to talk about uh, his favorite holiday movie, The Family Man. You know, it is. Which he just got done bagging on to a second ago. So uh, this is going to be great. We're going to have him recreate it since the microphone wasn't on yet. Yeah, it's not as great as what I remember. I'm not as excited uh, at, at 
you know, after rewatching a couple times, what, since I jumped in last week before uh, we were supposed to record, got to rewatch again this morning. It's a, it's a good, it's a good movie. It's just, there's not, it's not that exciting. There's not that much, there, there's opportunities for more slapstick, but they just never do it. So yeah, we're talking about that. And uh, Peggy Sue Got Married, two pseudo wish for fulfillment time travel films. Yeah. So, I mean, what I'm thrilled about is that it really does open us up to the concept of uh, multiple timelines in the NCU. So yeah. really anything fucking goes. It's phase four, this baby. theory <laughs> works. <laughs> Early and mid-late, well, mid-career, early and mid-career, uh, similar premise that just happened to pan out with the uh, the seating. And again, just another weird, everything kind of lines up situation. S- speaking of the seating, uh, Peter, what are we doing here again? Right. So, Cage Match. This is a roundabout way of meeting Nicolas Cage, wherein Nick and Sean are going to evaluate 64 Nicolas Cage movies head-to-head, March Madness style, whatever you want to call it, and we will determine the best cagiest, most enjoyable, rewatchable movie that we possibly want to do. And by the end of it, we're going to watch our favorite movie with Nicolas Cage. Oh, I like how this has escalated. Yeah, yeah now I have to say that every time. <laughs> I thought we were just going to get tattoos of the movie poster on our butts, but... Oh, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Well, I know you're in. Peter, it'll be your first tattoo. I'm into that. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Now there are stakes. Yeah. It's going to be really weird when we meet Nick Cage now. What's going to be super weird? Especially because mine's a face tattoo. (laughs) Oh, no. Face on the face. You need the face off tattoo with the the crack being the split. Oh, (laughs) that would be amazing. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. So, Eric, what's the family man about? We start off with uh, Nick Cage and Tia Leone. I'm terrible. So, Nicolas Cage plays Jack Campbell and Tia Leone. Uh, T. Leone plays Kate Reynolds. There you go. They're at the airport when they're college sweethearts. He's about to go off to London. She begs him to stay. He goes on. Cut to Nick Cage. Apartment in the city. Not tidy, tidy blackies is what he's wearing. The power undies. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, while he's singing opera? Absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. Living his best life. I mean, he's just... Uh, he did still keep it tight. I'll give him that. Yeah, he's in a penthouse. Uh, what, as far as Nick Cage bodies are concerned, uh, Harry. This was my first note from this movie: sternum bush. <laughs> it's that, bad. We're, yeah. we're track. We track these films based on the amount of chest hair Nick Cage has. Um, you guys really don't want to see the spreadsheets that I keep. <laughs> so what, Nick? Uh, Nick is uh, what? It's Christmas. He's broker in a big deal at his firm. He's he's the president of the company or something along that line. He's he's at least number two behind the uh, behind the old man. They break from the the big Christmas meeting. Hey, you know, yes, we're working on Christmas, but we're going to make a lot of money. And goes into the bodega to get some eggnog to dribble on his. He was going to dribble that on his lady later, right? Oh, oh, yeah. That was my favorite quote in this one, actually, was... Uh, <laughs> Dribbling nog. <laughs> yeah. Well, so this this woman is like, he's, oh, you should come back over tonight. He's, oh, it's Christmas Eve. He goes, so? I'll pour eggnog all over you. <laughs> right. But I didn't know he was going to, like, he goes to the bodega and he's like, eggnog. <laughs> you, don't, you don't make egg, fresh eggnog for that? Um, you don't go some, out of your way for that one? Some people do. And, yeah. And I think you should, because that's the good stuff. But uh, she wasn't really worth it, I don't think. Okay, so he goes for the eggnog, and that's when he runs into Don, Don Shadell, who plays is Cash, Captain Planet. His Captain Planet sketch was the best. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that, but I do. Tree, tree, you're a tree. <laughs> They're all trees. 
So what? Don Cheadle is uh, trying to cash his lotto ticket. His name's Cash. He's dressed like... Uh, I thought he was trying to reaffirm stereotypes. He was. That's why he was dressed like oh uh, God, Jamie was... Kennedy in uh, Malibu's <laughs> Most Wanted. There's a reference for you. That'll date us. Which, <laughs> which was great. We're uh. all almost 40. <laughs> Nick Cage comes in there, saves the day. He's never a bad guy, right? Well, why does he save the day? Because he's going to cash his uh, lottery ticket, and uh, the Asian bodega owners have a problem with him. He get, he, yeah, he gets a racism, and he's not allowed to cash his lottery ticket because of the racisms. In their defense, he does pull a gun immediately. R- really quick. Smoke your blunt first. And then, you know, he's got the cigar handy. Let's I just... feel like this is an opportune time to mention. This movie was filmed, uh, directed by Brett Ratner. Yeah. Famous of the rush hours. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought he also did Malibu's Most Wanted. Oh, no. He's just a terrible human being. So... I don't know. I love the rush hour movies. I do, too. But Brett Ratner is not a good person. But rush hour. Allegedly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's how you can get Nick on board anytime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's wiggle room. Allegedly. Now. Yeah. What? So Nick Cage stops the stops the violence. What? He wasn't going to rob the place. He just wanted to cash his uh, lotto ticket. Yeah. But he was going to he was going to go buck wild, I think. And that's when Don Cheadle, he hints that he's magic at that point. And he's like, you got something coming. You got something coming, Jack. <laughs> he hints that he's magic. Yeah. Well, so Jack, like... I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, Jack's like, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be like, if you work real hard, you can make something of yourself. And does the whole white savior thing. And Cash is just like, oh, you're trying to save me? You got everything? And Nick Cage is like, yeah, I got everything. It's like, all right. Well, remember, you asked for it. Yeah, totally. Uh, then goes to sleep that night, uh, wakes up in someone else's bed. He's got a wife. The kids run around. Full full uh, chaotic family situation. It's Christmas Day. What if... I'm just going to ask this question into the wind. Uh, what if, instead of seeing his life, if he had stayed with Kate or come back, not gone to London? What if he just traded places with Don Cheadle? And then we got a movie of <laughs> Nick Cage just gangbanging and living the struggle while Don Cheadle gets to drive around the Ferrari. So you're like trading places. You're just talking trading places? Yeah, I mean, if we have to talk about trading places or Scrooged, we're pretty much just talking about Scrooged at the moment. Okay. His assistant when he's still like the big hotshot executive. Oh, uh, with the Mark Davis hair? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, that's Mary Beth Hurt, who formerly was married to William Hurt, but then married Paul fucking Schrader. Oh, that's oh. gross. So that's it's a, Schrader it's returns. <laughs> that no. explains the haircut. She can't afford a better one. What this is that was a just... five, that was a five million dollar haircut. <laughs> that's the budget. Well, what? So where were we? We're we're in a family family scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He wakes up in bed. Nick Cage is gang banging downtown. He's gang. Yes. So wakes up uh, in a in a house in Jersey, which is which is terrifying for for a man uh, in the city. Terrifying for anyone, really. I mean, I've been to the New York airport. That that's my entire Jersey experience. It's the worst airport that I've ever been to. Uh, Hayden agrees. He understands. Is Hayden a patron? No. Oh, okay. We we actively bleep his name out now. Yeah, yeah. Edit that out. He's had enough I'm, chances. It's gonna be I'm, quacked out. Yeah. <laughs> um, ever since ever since he like stood behind me while I was watching uh, Leaving Las Vegas, he's yeah. persona non grata on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, Nick Cage wakes up in Jersey, freaks out, doesn't like it, runs off. He's gone all of Christmas, which doesn't go over well with the family. Tries to go to his old apartment. Everybody's, you're crazy. Runs into Cash again in the Ferrari. Cash has his Ferrari. Yeah, has Nick Cage's Ferrari. Shows him, tells him the rules. You're you're going for a glimpse. You get a little trip back to, to see what how things could have been. And uh, what, then he gets to live his life uh, in Jersey for a little bit. He, he hates it at first, comes around, finds it fulfilling at the end, and then doesn't want to go back to the, the Playboy lifestyle is, uh, is the long and short. Yep, yeah. that's the film. And it has just as many jokes as that synopsis. <laughs> they don't do much with they it. They don't lean into the comedy aspect of the weird like body swap. They really could do a lot more with that, I agree. So here's my immediate question. I can't about think about body swapping without penis swapping technology anymore. <laughs> face, face off. Yeah. <laughs> Genital swap. <laughs> Speaking of which, all right, I'll just talk about this now. Travolta was supposed to play this role at one point. They have the same penis as we've discovered in episode one. Yeah, at least in girth and length. <laughs> Do you guys have, have you guys ever met your penis twin? I, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Identical dicks. You've never. Yeah. Identical. <laughs> Polydictal? No, that's why the dick has a thumb. Oh Jesus! I don't like that. Think of how utilitarian it would become. <laughs> no, I think if anything, I just want like a, a hand on my chest. I think that's what I want, because then it could like hold my phone for me and. I don't know. It simplifies everything. Sandwich hand. I thought you meant that in like a tender way. Someone just touching your chest. No, no. Just growing out of my sternum to help while I'm whacking off. I mean, sorry, quacking off. <laughs> a family podcast here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is definitely for the youths. Yep. So, but no, my question uh, about any of these movies is, so yeah. there's been a Jack who's been raising a wife and kids. The daughter's the only one who clues into that this Jack isn't her dad. What happened to that Jack in the meantime? So is this a parallel universe or is it is it just like a coma dream? I think it's more coma dream. Yeah, yeah. So there are no consequences to his, to his behavior? No, I, those kids only like on his snapped soul. out of existence when he went back to his real life in the city, right? The, the kids were just no longer a thing. It was a fever dream. Which is, you know, and he leaned into that a little bit uh, when he tried to do the affair with with the lady that's always giving him the eyes at the Christmas mm-hmm. party. Evelyn, yeah. Evelyn, Evelyn. Yes, he's just like Evelyn. Give give me give me her exact address. <laughs> I'm going to start my affair now. <laughs> I do love how he said that. Also, I love that Jeremy Piven is not the douchiest person in the movie. No, he he is zero bro. <laughs> he's a he's good just, friend. He's there. What are you doing? Yeah. You're going to mess up a good thing. Whereas, like, if any of you wanted to start an affair, I'd be like, let's do this. I need this for you. Let's let's make it happen. Eric yeah. has lived vicariously through a couple affair-adjacent things I've been involved with. <laughs> it's definitely all the excitement in my life. Don Cheadle is a magical black man. Oh, good. I'm glad you said it. Yes, he is a magical black man. I thought someone already said it in this podcast. Oh, I thought I mean, we were tiptoeing around the oh, fact that he's black. He, he does make magic. I mean, is Don Cheadle not black? You don't get to ask those questions anymore. <laughs> this is the 21st century. Come on, man. <laughs> this is all getting cut up. <laughs> Almost certainly. So Don Cheadle is a magical human. Hmm. <laughs> He's probably touched by an angel. 
Yeah, they didn't really. What he he's not he's not an angel. He he says, uh, Jack, this this impressed people high up in the organization. It's just like a, I don't know. He's just in like a super. He's just got a supernatural job. It's got some great perks. He gets to drive other people's Ferraris. Yeah, he gets he, to punk their asses in their Ferraris. Yeah, he so probably he, works for the TVA, and this is actually tying Nick Cage into the MCU. I got that you know. Reference. There's variants and stuff. I got it. Yeah, we're there. It's a Loki thing. MCU, NCU. Yeah, it gets confusing now. Yeah. It was never confusing before, but it's confusing yeah, now. Now that Nicolas Cage is involved. Uh, ooh, an all Nicolas Cage movie. Just Tyler Perry's the shit out of it. <laughs> Back in our running days, what was the uh, the movie universe we wanted to make with all the Rob Schneider characters? The oh. Schneiderverse. Yeah, everything is a Schneider cut. Yeah. The Schneider cut. The animal, the hot chick. <laughs> Eric, why did you like this movie? What? Yeah, what Sorry. originally made yeah. you so originally this, this was a Christmas movie that my brother and I would enjoy together every year, and my brother, who is a crazy person, just loved it loved it more than anybody else. So so I don't know. We'd we'd get together, we'd watch this movie, and over the years, just really built up built it up in our heads that it was bigger cage, that it was more cagey than than it was, but it's, it's really not. It's just kind of like it's a solid family film. It's also a solid two hours, which it didn't need to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know, you know what? He, he learned lessons. They were valuable. He, you know, found out what he wanted in life. I feel like he was forced to find something in life that he was fine not having. Because <laughs> as soon as he wakes up in Jersey, the first thing that happens is giant dog jumps on the bed. And then two kids come into the room screaming, jumping up and down. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. And all I can think is. This man has made every right decision up until this point. Don Cheadle's character is an asshole. I'm also the only single person at this table, so... I'm just saying, his life in the city seemed so much better than before he had kids. Well, right, and he spends most of the uh, most of the film just trying to get back to life in the city, try and integrate it uh, into the family life. Can I, can I have both things? Yeah. He tries that out, it doesn't work, because... Mainly, Tia Leon was being manipulative there. That, that was one of my favorite quotes. It was great. She's like, I support you, Jack. If you need the kids to give up a life that they love. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a good dig. I was like, oh, man. This is a trap, Jack. Don't, don't do it. Don't bite. Don't bite. I got, a, I got a question for you guys. There's a lot of pajamas in this movie. Pro, anti-pajama. I got a question for you guys real quick before we answer that. All right. Pajamas or pajamas? <laughs> Ooh. I, I just go with PJs. <laughs> I'm not going to pick a set. I would say yeah. pajamas, but I don't mm, know why. Pajamas? I do like pajamas because I like saying pajamin. Mm, yeah, pajamin. But pajamin if you say pajamin, you can act more Jamaican. Which I know you've been trying to do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's the only person here with, like, skin pigmentation. <laughs> That's, uh, <laughs> you know what? I, yeah, it's fine. I can, I can say pajamin. Yeah, yeah. pajamin. Because we jump, that gets me canceled. <laughs> because and you we can... hope you like pajama too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what was your? Oh wait, Eric, what are you? Pajamas or pajamas? Before um, we get into this serious I, question, I, I'm. I want to be a pajama person, but I think I, I go with pajama oh, when, okay. when I hmm. when I have to. But I'd like to change that. 
So what the fan the family so man? Pa- there was a lot of pa- pajamas in this movie. You were there's, saying there's a lot of pajamas. It took him a while to get comfortable sleeping with the one that got away, which I thought was weird. This weird, is, right? This is your this is the one that got away. I apologize. She, for she that. has the shower scene, and he's just like, "Oh no, <laughs> yeah." I mean, she was really getting into it in that shower too. A, like, a little, it was a little much. That ass crack is clean. She. <laughs> She was elbow deep scrubbing that thing out. <laughs> she was committing to the shower scene. She was uh, frothing, frothing that ass. But, it's, uh, it's known. Frothing? That, it's I think known people that Taylor Leone is filthy. <laughs> that ass is frothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it makes a different sound when it's frothing. Uh, um, <laughs> a more concerning one. So what in the end uh, he he doesn't want to go back to to real life he has to go back to real life the kids are dead at that point <laughs> yeah never existed yeah. fucking terrible yeah <laughs> it's Schroding, they're Schrodinger's children yeah, they yeah. both are and aren't you loved <laughs> these things and they're gone yeah never existed uh, oh and never could exist too at this point oh yeah no that egg and those sperm are long dead. Left, yeah. in, left in the womb of some uh, some barren flight attendant. Well, and that's where uh, what the dream. <laughs> they, he goes back. Peter he finds Spacer her. Was amazing. He finds her at the end. Uh, he convinces her not to get on a plane to to go to Paris. Oh, it has that great scene from every film pre nine eleven, where he just like shows up at the airport and runs right to the gate. Run to the oh, gate. Yeah. Do your speech. And man, it. I mean, hats off to her for not being like, you are a crazy person. Well, just, she did the same thing in he, the beginning. Well, right. But he goes into this alternate life speech. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, that is a life we could have had together. How about the guy who was like just over her shoulder through the whole thing? <laughs> and he's just kind of like side eyeing back at them like, the fuck? Why am I still standing next to these crazy ass white people? See, here's, I the, here's the only way that makes sense is if she also got a glimpse, if like cash pulled double duty. No, I, the fact that she's just like, you've really thought about this. We haven't talked in 13 years and suddenly you're talking about kids we never had. And I'm about to go to Paris. Um, no, I'll, I'll stay and have coffee. He paints know? a pretty picture. I mean, does he? Kind of. I mean, I, but still, if I were her, I'd be like, he's crazy. I'm getting on the plane. Yeah, somebody take him, please. Hey, bye. Like immediately when they first met and she's like, hey, maybe maybe you meet with me in Paris, you know? Yeah. If you're in Paris sometime and say hi. Yeah, I would have just gotten on a plane. Yeah, the way he looked in that scene, too, it's like she obviously never expects him to be able to afford to go to Paris in like a Carhartt <laughs> jacket and stuff like you are stuck here. boots unlaced and everything. <laughs> Yeah. I, I like that when he entered that apartment, the first thing he does is he just knocks over a thing of marbles and then there's movers like carrying a couch out and Kate's just like, oh, don't worry about the marbles. And it's like, what? Fucking worry about those marbles. Those motherfuckers are going to die. That was, yeah, that was a perfect time for slapstick. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't she clearly doesn't it. care about her employees because it's Christmas <laughs> and she's making her ex-personal assistant like. Well, that's not her employee. That's her ex-employee. Fair. You know what? You're right. I know. That's why I do this podcast to be right at least once every other week. The details, man. Yeah. What's your favorite quote from um, the song? Let me let me get to my note. Um, uh, one of them was when uh, he got the dirty talk wrong. Oh. Uh, they're on the stairs. They're they're about to they're, they're co- about to do it. They're covering cake. Yeah, and and he goes with, "You're a bad girl, baby. You make me so hot." <laughs> Which I thought was a great try. 
Yeah, you know? it was good. It's like that's I like that she gets like, what did you say? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and he's just laying there like, you make me hot. Yeah, that's hot. Come yeah. on. <laughs> I have to say my favorite one is when he's back in his apartment in the minivan and like the security guard isn't letting him in. And oh, yeah, Tony's a real dick. Yeah, And then the woman he like. <laughs> The old lady he flirts with in the elevator. Mrs. Every day. Peterson. Mrs. Yeah. Peterson's like, he's like, who are you? And he's like, well, we're on the co-op board together, Betty, and we fought side by side for garbage disposals. And every morning we share quasi-sexual witty banner. Yeah, it's weird too because she's just like an old lady. It doesn't seem like something in character for him to even be making those passes at her because he's just so. Up his own ass. Yeah, I liked it though. It was fun. Yeah, just like what you know. When are you gonna get? When are you gonna? You know. When are you gonna let me in on that? And she's just like, you couldn't satisfy. Me. <laughs> I think that's just what that's what rich people do. You can you can flirt like really ag- oh, aggressively, sure. just like having a work flirt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, my favorite quote came after Cash gives Nick the the little bell, and he's like, "What?" It, are you going to come if I ring this? And Cash just looks at him. So he gets home and he's got the bell and he's standing in the kitchen and like things aren't right. And he's just like ringing the bell. And then the little girl comes and like says, Oh, I like it. And takes the bell. She's on her new bike. (laughs) Yeah. And rides away on her bike. And Cage is like, that's mine. She took my bell. It's like, ah, you sad, defeated man. Hey, hey, I need that back. (laughs) Your, Your bell that summons the magical Don Cheadle. And oh, you're better than me. Uh, Everybody knows that I'm full of woke speak. Say sex worker, Nick. Sex worker. Oh, you're gonna enjoy our uh, our sidebar episode. Oh my goodness! I wish Don Cheadle could have been a could have been a pimp. Oh Um, man, that would have been two on the nose. I do I do like that when he's like first getting in with that. (laughs) If he had gone from gangbanger to pimp, (laughs) it's just like wait a minute to you know bodega clerk. I do like when he's first getting in with the kids, though, and he's just like, you're not going to start crying. I don't think I can deal with that right now. <laughs> yeah, that little girl was cute. Yeah, she stole scenes. She was yeah, good. no, uh, this was this is definitely in the good kid camp. Along oh, with, yeah. Along with Hand Pan. Yeah, Hand Pan and this kid, pretty good. Uh, yeah. I did have to see a little kid pee out of his penis, though. Uh, that, oh yeah, that, that was, was authentic. Oh, yeah, that was, they, were straight they did on, do that. So did anyone know, guy. find out how long he was glimpsing for? It seemed like a long time. Yeah, it took him a while to learn his lesson. So like the better I mean, part he did, of it, he did like most of a bowling league. Yeah, so it was eight weeks because it was between Christmas and it was right after Valentine's Day. Get zapped. That seems like an adequate amount of time to learn such a large life lesson. Again, I'm not I don't sure learn it's a things lesson quickly. he needed. The lesson is that Jeremy Piven is a fucking bro. Dude, yeah. and how cool was his little like home bar and everything? He had like little titty mugs and stuff like that in the back. And... Yeah, Jack was not adequately impressed. Yeah, Jack. <laughs> oh, man. Jeremy's like, check this out. This is a proper doudoir. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and Jack is just like, yeah, yeah, cool. Cool room. Cool yeah. room guy. Yeah, nice, nice job, Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> I like when he leads off and like Nick Cage is looking kind of like out of place in the room. And <laughs> he's just like, I had to move the Barca lounger. People were saying it was too weird in the middle. <laughs> Okay, that obviously that's why Nick Cage seems so out of place right now. Well, it's because time, the Barca lounger got moved. Well, every 10 time feet. Jeremy Piven's just trying to go and like hug his buddy Nick Cage, is just like I'm gonna fucking punch you. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude, I I thoroughly enjoy Jeremy Piven. He could show up in just about anything, and I'm like, all right, 
I know what I'm gonna get here. I didn't this time. This time he was different. And, I uh, uh, I rewatched the Entourage movie while I had COVID. Oh, that's a choice. It just happened. I ran just the out movie. of titles. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You had brain fog for sure. No. Oh my goodness. There wasn't a lot of fun facts. No, on this there's movie. really not much. Like there was the Travolta connection, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, eight weeks is how long he was uh, in a coma. Well, in a coma, he comes back on Christmas Day, so it's no, not like he was, was. There was never an injury. It wasn't. I know. I'm just saying that's how most of these movies go, including our next one. Peggy Sue got married. Good segue, <laughs> Sean, the master of segways. I'm amazing at segways. <laughs> you guys only had to do one movie without me. You didn't have to segue. No. I feel like we still did have a segue in our episode. It probably <laughs> was. So Peggy Sue got married, uh, starring Kathleen Turner as Peggy Sue, Nicolas Cage as Charlie Bodell, and that's really about it for main casting. Jim Carrey's on this. Yeah, there were a lot of people in this. There were, but yeah, none that played like huge yeah. parts. Wait, so, who was your favorite third player in this? Because you mentioned there was uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah. Mm. Who else did you? Who was your favorite? I really additional cast with, member. Uh, oh man, it was toss up between Michael and Richard for me. Uh, Michael was such an intense artist, and mm-hmm. Richard was oh, Kevin O'Connor, a dumb genius. Uh, we do have Joan Allen back. That was my pick. Yeah. So sure. I love we... Joan Allen, Archer's wife, and Face Off. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, she's back. And in uh, Left Behind. She was in Left Behind, too? Yeah. Remember, she was the wife who got abducted. I mean, she didn't take it away. A line. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she just complained about her daughter not being Christ loving enough and then disappeared. (sighs) God bless you, Joan Allen. (laughs) He did and took her away. So, yeah, that was a fun one. I mean, like, there's so many people on this. Yeah, no, this movie's got a lot of people. So it's directed by Francis Ford Coppola. So it's got Sofia Coppola in this. That was my favorite Again, which every movie she's in just proves more and more how she cannot act. She can't act my shit. She's a great director, or at least a fine director, but, like... She's a director. As an actor. I'm gonna walk that one back. (laughs) Did she act in this one? Did she... Yeah, she was the... baton a little bit. Oh, well, did she act? Okay, that's a loaded question. (laughs) I'm just saying I don't really remember any lines. Oh, no. Oh, my favorite line of hers was when Peggy Sue comes back, uh, sees Nancy the younger Sophia's character and she's like oh so happy and like hugging her and everything and Sophia's just like teenagers are weird that was a great read <laughs> yeah, that was actually really good hey, that man. was actually better acted than Sophia, Sophia Coppola. Coppola yeah I know I, uh, I bring this kind of energy to the table so the whole premise of this film is Peggy Sue is going to her 25th uh, high school reunion which is an odd number yeah do, do they do is that did that used to be a thing was i've the never been invited to one so i don't know what the uh actual i was I mean, gonna I ask can, about that you could probably get one every year if you really want to try sure but, yeah so she goes to her 25th high school reunion uh taken by her daughter helen hunt so life's going great her date's her daughter she just broke it's kind of like taking your mom to prom <laughs> exactly listen man you didn't have mom prom <laughs> Mom prom rom com. <laughs> Wait a minute, that implies they're gonna get romantic later. No, no. These just... are the kind of adult documentaries I watch. <laughs> they're they're, we wing, all, they're we, We've all been on Pornhub. <laughs> so life isn't going well. Her husband, Charlie, played by Nicolas Cage, plays it Charlie. 
That's <laughs> terrible, that terrible impression of the book. Oh, God, he's so fucking bad. Oh, no, can we, he, can he we talk about the really... voice? Oh, yeah. We, we will. I'm going to recap this first. So <laughs> her, right, husband, right her husband cheats on her. She goes to her high school reunion. He says he's not going to show up because it's so important to her. He shows up, and then she is crowned reunion queen. <laughs> and while on stage, has a heart episode, and then wakes up uh, back in high school. I do like how they subvert the whole adults playing teenagers thing by just not even pretending that they're not adults playing teenagers in this film. Oh, yeah. They just go for it. Well, because they're all adults at the beginning of the yeah. film. And yeah. then, like, we're just I think they just made everybody cells. look a little older for the beginning so that they could just play their own age as teenagers later. Yeah. You know, it's I, like, well, you look younger. I got to say, like, I, baby I, powder and hair. Yeah, right. I mean, it's hokey the way they do old aging, but there's a part of me that really appreciates that versus like digital de aging or re aging. Yeah, I'm kind of, I don't love the digital stuff that Disney's been really involved in. Yeah. And you know what, Disney? You do you. You don't want to see a geriatric Harrison Ford play a geriatric Harrison Ford who looks 20? I mean, I'll take it because yeah, I, I mean, fucking love the Indiana Jones movies. Right, but, but an 80-year-old running doesn't look like a 20-year-old running. <laughs> as evidenced in Nick Cage's fight scenes last week, for those of you who aren't Sean and know what I'm talking yeah, about. I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> Sucker. Um, but yeah, so she wakes up and she's back in high school in her senior year, uh, before she married Charlie, and uh, gets to do it all over again, but knowing what the future holds, she invents pantyhose to try and make a quick buck. She sleeps well, she it. spouts off all these ideas. Yeah. I don't think she ever actually accomplishes anything. She's, I mean, the only thing that really matters is we have a reverse big situation where she sleeps with a teenager. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Okay, so because you because you brought up big, now I'm kind of I'm into this. Um, hang on, hang on, hang on. But the production's life of this movie is weird because it was in production for a really really yeah. long time before it ended up going to Francis Ford Coppola. And originally it was going to be a Jonathan Demme movie, which would have been a very interesting, probably better movie. Francis Ford Coppola made Jack. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like the same thing. Kinda, but then he ended up having these uh, creative differences, and then it went to. Penny Marshall, who was the director of Big and League of Their Own. Yeah. Oh, this was going to be her first, like, major film. Right. And, and the reason it got taken... Had issues. Well, the reason it got taken away from her is because the budgets start to explode, and producers were like, we don't trust an untested director to make this film. I don't no. know why it even needs that much of a budget. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. I mean, when was this? What year was this? Vehicles, right? like, like, managing 86? the fleet for that drastically different-looking vehicles. 1986. Sorry. Okay, 86. Well, and then they did some weird stuff for this film. So in the scene where she's like in the car driving through her hometown, which was Petaluma and Santa Rosa were used for this film. When she's like in the car back in high school driving through the town, it was a local, it was a San Francisco radio station on the radio. And they paid the radio station to change their programming to fit what they wanted for the film. So that was a live broadcast in the film that she was listening to. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. That seems so unnecessary. I know. It's, it's above and beyond, for sure. I mean, it's Coppola. Yeah. We should trust him because he made Jack. And he also... Uh, Remember that time Robin also, Williams had to buy pornos for the first time in that movie? <laughs> he also, Classic. Uh, he also let his nephew uh, play this character. 
Yeah, so uh, Peter, you wanted to talk about uh, Nick Cage's voice uh, choice in this film. Yeah, please, can we talk about that? Because, like, the horny Muppet kind of aspect of it was really <laughs> fucking me up. I wrote down Proto-Gary. Yeah. So Nick Cage has been playing one character his whole career. He's got two voices. He's got bad Boston cop, which is for any regional, like, dialect. And then he's got Gary voice for everything else. And then Nick Cage. So, yeah, he... Uh, Three voices. He, I'm an arithmetician. He chose this voice. Uh, he based it off Pokey from the Gumby show, accentuated by the fact that he wore prosthetic teeth to have an overbite. These are good choices. I like it all. Coppola wanted to fire his own nephew from this film, oh, and Cage awesome. convinced him that this was a good choice. You know what? Peter Peter warned me about the voice, and once once I got hit in the face with it... At, at first, I, I was like, giving him the benefit of the doubt. It was like this, you know, he's doing a high school version of himself. He's like, oh, I'm a high schooler. Oh, uh. And then, but then at the end, he's an old man and he's still doing the same damn voice. Yeah. So that threw that right out the window. So Some like, of us don't get the convenience of like having our voices age. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us are stuck like this forever. So I didn't realize the Gumby connection. And my note for Jim Carrey's first appearance in this was, Jim Carrey, so young, not yet gumbified. But then he does do that shouldery thing when he's talking to the nurse or whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that was like in the beginning, wasn't that? Like in the blood drive. Have you guys ever given blood? I got a blood drive story. Yeah, go for it. it. Oh, man. So in high school, we had a blood drive and it was in the library there at school. So I went and it's the only time I've ever actually been able to give blood. So I did it and I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, man, this is pretty neat. I've never done this before. Would it be cool if I held the bag? And the nurse is like, oh, yeah, you can hold the bag. And so I'm holding it and it's just filling up with my own blood in my hands. And I'm Which looking quite hot. It, yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's you think it would come out body temperature and you wouldn't notice it, but it's much warmer. But I guess if you pee on your hands, it's about the same, too. Blood is pee. And so I'm sitting there like looking at this bag filling up in my hands and I look across and there's this girl who like they were just putting her feet up and getting her like the little towel for her head because she was having trouble. And I was looking at her and then I looked down at my bag of blood. Then I looked at her and I just like slowly put the bag of blood up on my face (laughs) and I just like pretended to gnaw on the corner of it (laughs) while it was still filling up with my blood. And so she passed the fuck out. She just immediately fainted. And I just went back to holding my blood bag. And then the nurse came and like took care of the girl. And then I had a cookie. You were like a national treasure and a crime at the same time. I don't, I don't get it. Oh man. I mean, in the national treasure movies, he does commit crimes. Yeah. So that's the only time I've given blood. <laughs> I have I've donated blood and then ran a foot race the next morning. That was that, good. And that was the worst decision of my life. Remember that it? time you thought you could go running after you had a vasectomy? <laughs> <laughs> that was nearly the worst decision of your life. <laughs> good thing you have a wife to set you straight. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. He went to bed on Christmas and when he woke up, she wasn't there. Uh, Neither were his kids. It's true. I was home alone. I thought I broke my toe. Uh, I almost locked myself out of the house when it was 11 degrees outside. Um, yeah, it's dangerous not having a wife sometimes. No, I think we could, we could use Eric. We could remake Home Alone, but with like an adult man. 
<laughs> this actually tracks pretty well. That's You've got a little Culkin in you. Oh, I'd just be in my PJs the whole time, setting booby traps. <laughs> oh, Marissa and the kids are going to be terrified when they get home. Just paint cans swinging from everywhere. Yeah, it will be a more realistic story. They actually come back from the airport when they're like, why the fuck isn't Eric here? And then they go home to get you and it's already booby trapped. And you're just beating the shit out of your wife without you knowing it. Setting off fireworks in the house. The local Facebook page is just going crazy. Were those fireworks or gunshots? <laughs> so Peggy Sue got married. Somebody put Peggy dog Sue poop in my garbage work. again. Yeah, Peggy Sue got married. So she goes back in time. The first thing, you know, she's a high school. The first thing she does is make herself a stiff drink. Oh, oh yeah, she yeah. goes straight for the whiskey. She goes straight for the liquor cabinet. I kind of like that. She's Wait, like, they're like, are, are you drunk? And she's like, that would explain things. She, well, <laughs> she, she was like, it doesn't matter. I'm dead. She got right into it the same way Nick Cage got right yeah. into it when he went to that Christmas party yeah. in the last movie. Straight True. for the bourbon. Straight for the whiskey and just like two and then back to back. These I do give Nick Cage's character credit because it took him it took him almost eight weeks to finally sleep with his wife. And Peggy Sue, as a 45-year-old woman, was immediately like, I'm going to sleep with a 17-year-old kid. He tried to get with Nick Cage, and then oh, he yeah. was like, I don't know if I can handle this. Okay, and hang on. we got to talk about that scene because okay, that's, that's my favorite quote. Uh, <laughs> oh, obviously. Wait, it's no, the no, best no. Quote. Do you want, do you want to do a, do you want to do a reading? I have, the, I have it here. Do you have the whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I kind of do. Uh, wait. wait, no, I have, okay, I have part of it. So... Why don't you do you do that part? All right. So, uh, and time, then we all say have, the line together. <laughs> what you mean? You, you mean sex? Intercourse? You you, you want to have intercourse? Last last week you said. What time is it? Holy cow! It's late. <laughs> and then I, I don't have all the exact quotes. But she's like, Oh, I'll, I have come right on. Here. No, bring have... out bring out Lucky <laughs> Chucky. Bring out the love machine. Your throbbing thrill hammer. <laughs> Your thing. Wow, I don't remember that. <laughs> you, you, you mean my wang? <laughs> you mean my wang? Wang. <laughs> Best line in the movie. <laughs> it was amazing. And he's so terrified when he says it too. My wang. <laughs> Just, uh, he made so many great choices in this film, acting wise. When he sneaks into a room later in the film, the yellow, oh, yeah. he's got the sneaky fingers. Oh, what the like fuck was that? He her. was going to put a pillow over her face. <laughs> That's, I like, totally thought he was going with the pillow. And then he the takes her down in the us. basement. I'm like, what's in the basement? But no, when he's like, he's on her, like outside her window, like tiptoeing. And he's doing like these creepy, like, oh yeah, you know, extended, extended fingers, like curling. <laughs> Sneaky fingers. Okay. We, we have to talk about her grandparents. <laughs> yes. Her, you mean the cult she gets almost sacrificed to? I feel like that just oh. came out of nowhere. I'm like, not gonna, They no. were like, we need to end this movie. Yeah, we'll so. just like give her to her grandparents who just know what to do. They're like, oh, this is fine. We, we'll we send you to the future. We That's Irish time, time travel. travel. Yeah. I don't know. That seems like a perfectly normal lodge activity. <laughs> I, I've, I've experienced some lodge activities that had about the same amount of theatricality to them. And I'm like, oh, Oh, uh, yeah. It's not a lodge without a hat. That's true. They would perform these kind of just silly rituals as a reason to get together before they drink and watch stag movies. <laughs> they're, they're still going to watch stag movies and yeah. play cards. I will yeah. say, her, her grandfather did Which, get... That. Why was that still the plan when his granddaughter was there? It's like, oh, my granddaughter is coming around. We're going to do this weird little thing and then, uh, I don't know, bust out the pornos and start playing a little hold'em. 
<laughs> she can sit in the car. She can serve us drinks because it's the 60s or whatever. No, I actually wrote this down. They were going to play. There's a lot of Parcheesi talk. Oh, yeah. And uh, I wrote that down because I wrote down. I still don't know what Parcheesi is. Mm. Oh, it's the horniest game. <laughs> I don't know that we've actually talked about any of these movies. <laughs> well, I was about to talk about something about this movie. So, again, we have a reverse big. So, she she says... I mean, we in the, told some jokes. She says... <laughs> it's pretty so good she, for us. She says in the future she had a crush on this one kid. He's in a poetry. He wears a leather jacket. He drinks coffee at night in corners of cafes. He also had a burrito at uh, Disneyland one time. <laughs> he did. <laughs> that, was the smart, that was the smart kid. The smart kid was just like, time's like a burrito. Uh, Michael was my favorite, uh, as, as far as the time travel trysts that she went back to revisit because of his end game. Do you remember? Oh yeah. He wanted to go live in a commune. Yeah. It's polyamory, baby. I've got this other chick, but I love how immediately he just gets upset. He goes like, polygamy is legal in Utah. Not not polyamory, polygamy. Yeah. Yeah, He wanted sister wives. Absolutely. And she's like, you'd love having this. This was 1986. Sorry. (laughs) You'll work together and and I'll be happy. (laughs) You can each darn one of my socks. That's half the work for each of you. I mean, that's a good deal. But yeah, so like every guy she knew when she was trying to change her life in the past was just like, no, let's get married. You'll just be my wife. Yeah. That's what she was fated to do. I guess that's just life or relationships in the 60s, from my experience. As being a teenage girl from the 60s? Yeah. So when did you guys know that Richard was a genius? Was it when he was going to write a book about kites? I mean, they they kind of they just told you he was a genius from the like from the outset. <laughs> yeah, but when when was it really made real for you? When did it sink in? Because for me, it was when he goes, "I'm writing a book about kite design." Like <laughs> kites, huh? Yeah, yeah. Someone's got to monetize kite. that. <laughs> that would sell really well on like the ocean shores, kind of like boardwalk, right next to a corn dog. Get your book about kites. Yeah, no, don't don't buy a kite. Here's how to make your own. Oh. Oh, yeah, Nick Cage does some singing. That's where one of my favorite quotes comes in. I think after he does a song, she's talking about Richard or something, and he goes, who needs physics when we've got chemistry? (laughs) (laughs) That is good. It was amazing. Speaking of his music career, I do like how she tries to, like, set him on the right course to have a great career and they don't get together. She writes him a song, and then later on he comes, like, pretty good song for a first-timer, but I changed all the yes to O's. She loves you, oh, oh, oh. I think the the scene where she's watching him with the quartet, yeah, and she's like, "Oh God, he's kind of good, isn't?" Oh, uh, when he didn't, she didn't expect him to see him play, performing with the R and B group. No, or whatever. no, this is the uh, the earlier one. Uh, where oh, with oh, Jim okay. Carrey. I love the secret band. No, yeah, secret his band secret actually, band was pretty good. That but... was pretty good, but yeah, with the quartet themselves, I just I couldn't get over like one how fucking corny he looked, and then two. The ending to that song killed me. Bye, where, bye. Yeah, I think that we now have an outro. So, <laughs> but man, he had some fucking moves. His oh. hips were doing things that my brain couldn't comprehend. <laughs> he was making love. So, uh, at what point in Peggy Sue did she? It took like till the end of the movie till she was concerned about her status, like in the past. You know, she she was in the past and she was just not. Well, she thought she was dead. Is was that it? Yeah, she like she the whole time she's like I'm dead. It doesn't matter. 
And then they do the uh, Are You Dead test when the, the smart oh, kid, yeah, the right. kite kid, just stand like, in front of a bus. Stand in front of a bus. And if the bus goes through, you're dead. <laughs> yep. Good call. <laughs> Would have been a much different film. Just stand in front of a bus, and that'll prove everything. <laughs> that was his second book. Or sorry, that was a fire truck, and I love the fire truck. Oh, They're yeah. just like doing the the like Austin Powers uh, steamroller thing. Yeah, They're like, get out of the way, get out of the way. And she's like, no, <laughs> just like that, no. Yeah. Sorry, uh-uh. I, I don't know if I'm dead or not. And so yeah, eventually at the end of this film, she wakes up. Apparently, it was like a heart murmur. She had like a heart episode, so she actually was in the hospital when she wakes up, and Charlie's there. And she forgives him, kind of, and invites him over for dinner with her family. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, she she cho- chooses not to change anything in her life. Yeah. So this movie has a much more downer ending than... Oh, no, come on. It was great. Uh, she, like, asked him if he was still with that bimbo. And he's like, oh, like I got tired of, of translating everything for her. <laughs> like, basically... <laughs> Oh, she was dumb, and it I got such sick a good of her. And, and like, let's get back to let's get back together now. I just she actually says to him, "You can move back into your house with your kids." Like, <laughs> just open arms. Just I don't know. She had a stroke at the <laughs> reunion, and she's just like, "I forgive you completely." Well, I mean, she just she went back in time and realized that just like no matter what, she was just going to be a housewife. So. <laughs> Might as well be a housewife to the pseudo-celebrity. And the appliance king of... Crazy Charlie. What did you think of his performances overall? Ooh. Chef's kiss. This was... He, I mean, he convinced Francis Ford Coppola to let him do it. Do you, oh, yeah. That's I mean, a great... That's He performed somewhere. So Francis Ford Coppola, he, he saw that when it started and he asked him to stop. Oh, no. Is that how it worked? He hated it. The crew hated it. <laughs> Kathleen Turner Kathleen really hated Turner it. Turner hated it. <laughs> so, but she didn't feel it was her job to critique another actor's performance. So she complained to Francis Ford Coppola, who Nick Cage had convinced to let him do this. So they just let it happen. And she just let that play into her disdain for Charlie. <laughs> That's fine. Well, then what? How did she get back to her normal time frame? Because what? They, Gra- they Grandpa had, was going to send her back. Yeah, they had, and, they had sex. And, and then Charlie, the yeah. Charlie Blackbagged her. her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Just toss a bag over, <laughs> throw was, her in a van. That was such a surprise for me. Oh, well, then there was like a lightning storm or something. Yeah. And then she just woke up. Well, like they had, they had sex and her, her child was conceived. So the timeline was fixed. And then she woke up. Okay, so this is like a hot tub time machine situation where you have to keep the timeline yeah. accurate? Yeah. Okay. Unlike The Family Man, where those children are, never existed, apparently when she went back in time, it did happen because the poet kid... Right, he writes a book about yeah, right. fucking her. Yeah, well, he like, yeah, he, he dedicated a book to her, even though in high school they, were, they never talked originally. Yeah, that, that's the proof. Time travel's real. Apparently, all you need to do is have like a heart attack during your 25th uh, high school reunion after being crowned reunion queen. That, that a totally some, real thing. That, that had some fucking carry vibes to it, too. I yeah. don't know if you guys felt that. Oh, man, yeah. I did not want them to leave the reunion. I was having so much fun at the <laughs> reunion. <laughs> if my reunion looks like that, so, I'm pretty sure I'm not invited, but what, like, one of our friends, I'd like to go if it's all cocaine and or, just like trying to sleep oh, with yeah. uh, oh, everybody yeah. in high school. Whatever, whatever Walter wants, Walter gets. <laughs> Hell yeah. Whatever Walter wants, Walter gets. <laughs> we talked about kind of the making of it and who was originally uh, supposed to do it. Apparently at one point, Steve Gutenberg was considered for Charlie. 
Would have been fine. He wrote about this. And here's the fun fact. The fun fact has nothing to do with Peggy Sue Got Married. The fun fact is Steve Gutenberg's talked about this in his autobiography, The Gutenberg Bible. <laughs> I, I read that his autobiography is called The Gutenberg Bible, and I'm like, I'm going to talk about that on my podcast. I have to buy that book. <laughs> so uh, did I thought that I read that Kathleen Turner got an Oscar nod. This was her one Oscar nod for uh, her one Oscar nominated performance. Okay, I almost, I thought that she won, uh, but that's not the case. She she did not. She was nominated, but yeah. that, that I thought was surprising enough. I thought she did a great job. I thought the performance was good. The movies yeah. were yeah, in it, the 80s. It was it was, yeah, it was fine. Outside of the voice being an issue, apparently uh, Nicolas Cage and Kathleen Turner had other headbutting, because she claimed that he was arrested twice and had stolen a dog. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. I hope he stole that dog. <laughs> um so eric uh which which movie do you think should go should go on like honestly uh what i came keep in, in mind a, that it doesn't matter what you think i came in with a clear favorite but like i i think peggy sue is is more fun to like watch again and again all stand by family man is like a good uh christmas movie uh, overlooked but uh, i think peggy sue's just more it's wacky all right nick what's what's the better cage Film. So the real opinions are that <laughs> no, he's right. Peggy Sue got married is a more entertaining movie to watch. It definitely has jokes and doesn't take itself overly seriously. Yeah, uh, what Family Man is only serious. Yeah, like, it's there's weirdly... not a lot of it. Like for a, it's not a romantic comedy. No. There's not that much comedy no. or yeah. romance. The Family Man. It was a fine watch. I'm it's glad a I watched fine it. Fine watch, and for a feel good holiday film it's kind of a downer yeah i'm okay with that i think we should have more depressing christmas movies we should go back in time and make we should make a labor day movie where somebody dies in the 9-11 accident <laughs> and that's like how the movie concludes when Wait, does labor day happen? No, there, there, there was, was a movie there was a movie out. starring batman starring yeah. robert pattinson where it's just about two teenagers in love and the film literally ends with him like going to see his father's office and he turns around and there's just a plane coming to the building yeah. and it zooms and out and it's the World Trade Center. That's a weird way for a Twilight to happen. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know these movies. I can only assume he's been in The Lighthouse, Twilight, and The Batman. Well, the, we did have a... He was also in The Harry Potters. We did have a well, Twin Towers. Harry Potter. so. What? Twin Towers. Yeah, he was. He, he was. he was the one who died. Yeah, he was... Uh, he got killed and motivated everyone to be like, oh, Voldemort. Yeah, before uh, he was in a Twilight, he was in a Harry Potter. Um, so yeah, I think it's Peggy Sue Got Married is definitely the more entertaining watch. Oh, my argument for uh, The Family Man was going to be like, eh, it's more of an actual Nick Cage film, but it's not the better film. I would call it the better film. I, I just don't think it's like more fun or like rewatchable. Yeah, if I want to enjoy a performance by Nicolas Cage. I'm going to definitely choose the sex pest film, which Peggy Sue Got Married. Peggy Sue's the reverse sex pest film, and it's about time. Did you guys get... Is that um, an allusion to the pest? With John Leguizamo? Mm, yes. So good. Oh, the sex pest. Just Leguizamo on a sex journey. Did you guys get to... We're talking about uh, the Mario Brother movie, right? Yeah, why not? Do you see it when he gave it to that Goomba? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're calling it now. All right, so... That's your outro, Peter. Yeah, our, our next episode is City of Angels against Kiss of Death. That'll be an interesting one. Hey, if you want to be a patron and pitch dumb ideas to Sean, 
You can. Yeah. That's not uh, part of the Sparkle Buddy tier. It's it's part <laughs> of the Sparkle Buddy. For five dollars a month, you can corner Sean at the bar yep. and just tell him all your and awesome you ideas. Want. No, yep. no. Yep. So Josh, for ten dollars a month, you get his phone number. <laughs> you all can corner Sean anytime. Uh, also, Ira, show. you get to text him have late at night. John's phone number <laughs> by being into the Cage Club. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, please rate, review, wait. and so uh, hold on. Comment wait. down below. We've decided that five dollars are our Sparkle Buddies. Is ten dollars? Oh, the inner cage. Oh, the Ooh, inner cage like is good. That. Nice. It's like there, inner there, circle, but cage. There was totally an episode of Baywatch where Hulk Hogan had to fight Roddy Roddy Piper for the. You. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. Eric, thank you for being here. Hey, thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Thank we you, appreciate man. you being here. Cheers. Happy COVID. <laughs> uh, I hope you guys enjoy it now, too. I got everybody a gift for having me on the show. I hope you like COVID. It's all I got. I already had it. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> I was really bummed when like things don't work out with him when she breaks up with him that he doesn't go and invent grunge music early. <laughs> Just goes straight from barbershop to yeah <laughs> to black hole sun. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if grunge actually came out of Central California? Like it's just kind of sunny and shit. Things aren't bad. So it's like there's nothing it like goes, it goes environmentally from, terrible. It goes from grunge to Smash Mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Just directly. I watched The Core the other night. Did you really? Yeah. Nice. Uh, actually, me? yeah, we watched it last night. So it was our Christmas evening movie that we watched. Wow, that must have been after I left. <laughs> yeah, did, it was think? after you left. Uh, I, it was pretty fucking awesome. Uh, I could not before? believe there were so many people in that movie. Oh, yeah. It's got everybody. I'm assuming this is a callback to the last episode. No. no. Oh, because I know you and I have talked the core. Yeah. I we, talk about the core all the time because yeah. that movie fucking rules. And I was like hinging when I saw it. And then I was like, ah, it's two hours. It'll be like 11 o'clock when it's done. Well, better just put it on. And I did not regret it. It was so weird. What? What? Everything pays out. Like, the, why do the they end up in a huge sing? fucking geode? Or I don't know, man. <laughs> it doesn't well, matter. Right? They, they get Peter. broken down, and they're like, "All right, we got to get out for a little while." <laughs> yeah, as they're right? drilling to the center. <laughs> the center of the it's like, like ah. good thing our suits can handle this Unobt- atmospheric pressure. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Peter and Nick talk about the car. Uh, so yeah, our, our next. <laughs> Podcast Our next podcast. podcast is going to be just us watching the core week in, week out. Yeah, next time somebody everyone. gets COVID, no. this is the plan. We're just talking so about the core.